Welcome back to our systematic theology study. I believe we are on number eight now. Last week we looked at canonicity. Next week we'll look at knowledge of God. Um, this week we're looking at scripture and authority. So we're going to go back to our um, kind of split format. We're going to review um, what we're discussing. And then we'll pause and, and take a look at our video and come back and go, go through the summary and the questions. So, Scripture and authority. Um, so we're going to see in the video, this is what <clears throat> we're going to look at. Okay, he gets into, first he goes into um, kind of an example with a, with a friend of his, but uh, he, he does eventually land the plane and make a point with it. But uh, the, the point is that... Um, uh, that Jesus is Lord, and that Scripture is His commands and not the Church. So he gets into a lot of uh, Roman Catholic thinking, um, which we'll look at here. So, sola scriptura, which is, as we know, uh, Scripture alone, uh, is the authoritative revelation of God. And the Church doesn't have the same authority as Scripture. It does have authority, <clears throat> but it's subordinate to the authority of Scripture, and it's not on the same level. Whereas the Roman Catholics believe it is, that you have both Scripture and church doctrine, and they're one and the same. Um, so it goes into some history here. We look at the fourth session of the Council of Trent, and this is where Rome says that um, through Scripture and church tradition, truth can be found uh, outside of Scripture. Um, <clears throat> but the, let's see, but... Another typo here. Anyway, the uh, but the source uh, it is scripture. So there's okay. So there's a, a name for this theory. It's called the dual source theory of special revelation, and that is to say, you have both the sources of scripture and the sources of church tradition. Um, now, at that council, uh, war broke out. So due to war, some of the records were lost, and the council didn't finish the fourth session completely. Um, but we do have the original draft, and in the original draft, uh, it uses the Latin words partum, partum, which basically means uh, partly. So what it's saying is um, that they believe truth is part, and authority is partly from Scripture and partly from church tradition. That's what the original draft said. Um, and then apparently there were two uh, priests that protested that, that were not happy with that wording. And then we see, we don't know what the response directly to the priests were, but we see that um, in the records that we have the final draft, that wording was changed to et, meaning and. So it changed from partly scripture and partly church tradition to just scripture and church tradition. So whether that was a response to the protests of the two priests, we don't know because those records are lost. Um, so the reason for that change is unclear. But we do see, and in fact it was reiterated again in the 1940s, that the Pope made clear that the Roman Catholic Church teaches two sources of truth and authority. And uh, so that would be the doctrine for both Scripture and Church. And some examples of uh, getting some of their doctrine from Church tradition rather than Scripture would be, for example, the Immaculate Conception. That's not in Scripture, but that comes from their Church tradition, so they hold it as equal to Scripture. 
Rome, so basically, Rome teaches that the Bible gets its authority from the church. And they, they teach that because the church or the church council canonized, which we looked at last week, canonized the Bible, therefore the church basically gave the Bible its authority. Now, um, if you've ever heard Vodi speak on the matter, he, he loves to say, um, the church did not create the Bible. The Bible created the church. So they've got it backwards, basically. Um, <clears throat> so Protestants uh, reject uh, for multiple reasons um, and believe that the origin of authority is Scripture, that it is the Word of God and God alone binds the conscience, and it is the absolute authority. Uh, Rome uh, also believes in apostolic secession, um, continuing along with the Pope, and they look at, uh, and we've seen David preach on this before, talk about this before, but when they look at um, on this rock, uh, you know, the church being built upon this rock, they look at that as being on the Apostle Peter that the church was built instead of the confession of the Apostle Peter, his confession of faith being what church was built upon. So we, we believe on this rock means on this confession that Peter has professed. They believe on this rock means on Peter himself, St. Peter himself. Um, so that's why they argue that Peter established the church. Um, we believe that uh, Christ has authority over the church. He has delegated authority to the apostles. And the apostles are where we get our New Testament scripture from. Um, so therefore, indirectly, uh, we get our scripture from Christ. Um, in canonization, uh, so when, when they were meeting to canonize and to figure out what exactly belongs in the Bible to, to formalize that, which we looked at last week, they used a word, a Latin word called uh, recipimus, and it means we receive. So um, basically what the point he's making here is that at the time that the uh, church canonized Scripture, they understood that the canon of Scripture was not something they were inventing. It was something that they received. So in other words, the Roman Catholic thinking hasn't always been this way. Um, so they were uh, not creating Scripture they were receiving it, and they were merely recognizing what is already Scripture when they canonized it. Um, so we recognize uh, the authority that is already there. We are not giving it authority by declaring these books are the books of the Bible. We're recognizing the authority it already has. So the church is subordinate to Scripture. It has authority, but it is, its authority is not equal to the authority of Scripture. It is subordinate to and then he kind of sums it up by talking about uh, what he thinks is the real problem uh, today, and that is if we don't know the content of Scripture, um, all the studies that we're doing right now are kind of in vain. And that the crisis today isn't the argument of the nature of Scripture, which is what we're looking at here, uh, have been looking at here, but the content of Scripture. So it boils down to, do you know what's in the Bible? Um, and then he also looks at how can we responsibly interpret the Bible. Um, so we need to know some basic principles of interpretation, uh, and, and that way um, 
basic principles of interpretation of knowing the Bible and understanding Scripture, and those things are paramount. So yeah, we can pause there. Let's watch uh, watch our video, and then we'll come back and we'll go look at our uh, overview and discussion questions. All right, so we have just finished watching our video on Scripture and authority. Let's go through our overview and questions. So introduction, God doesn't give scripture to us as an abstract doctrine, but as his divine word, which fully equips us to be people of God. We look at scripture's nature, uh, origin, and authority, and consider how scripture's authority relates to the church. So overview of the inspiration of scripture. Without divine inspiration, Jesus cannot be Lord to us, as he exercises his authority or lordship through his divine word. So he used his example meeting with his friend to discuss that. What is the relationship between Scripture and tradition? The fourth session of the Council of Trent directly spoke to this question. It stated that the revelation of God comes through both Scripture and Holy Tradition. This is called the dual source theory of revelation. The fourth session was abruptly dismissed due to war. The first draft of the session contained the words, partum partum, meaning that revelation of God is found partially in Scripture or partly in Scripture and partly in tradition. Their wording was protested by two priests, but it is unclear how the assembly responded to the protest. However, in the final draft, the wording was replaced by the word et, meaning and. A history tells us, however, that the council did not repudiate dual source theory. So obviously the Roman Catholic Church continues to believe in dual source theory. Roman Catholic Church uh, believes that the Bible gets its authority from the church. Although it was indeed the church's decision as to the canon of scripture, there, there, this in no way makes the Bible subject to the church. Catholics also teach apostolic secession, further ungirding their view of the Pope as the vicar of the church with Christ as head. The church used a term during canonization, recipio, meaning received. Therefore, the early church did not arrogantly claim uh, to have created the canon, but rather it received it. This reveals a, sub a subordination to the canon of scripture, not authority over it. Without mastery of scripture's content, we are ignorant of God's will for us in faith and practice. While understanding the abstract terms about the nature of God's revelation to us is important, we must learn Scripture's content and fundamental principles for interpreting the Bible. I think he made a good plea at the end there that that's, that's more of our crisis in today's culture is people just don't know what's in the Bible. You can argue all day on you know, uh, inspiration and inerrancy, but they don't even know what they're arguing about because they don't know what's in the Bible. So question and answers. Um, what is the view that states that revelation refers to scripture and tradition? Dual source theory. Did the Council of Trent repudiate the dual source doctrine by change uh, by the change of the words partum partum to et? No, it's not. What was the early church's belief concerning biblical canon? They received it. For those who study the Bible, what effect should the authority of Scripture have upon them? It should humble them. 
What is the church's relationship to the scriptures? The church is subordinate to scripture, unlike what Roman Catholic Church teaches. What is the discipline that deals with the background issues surrounding systematic theology? Prolegomena, he mentioned it just very briefly at the end, but basically it means first things. Okay, so our discussion questions. Um, what's the relationship between scripture and tradition in the Protestant church? he was using when he was talking about the Westminster Confession of Faith as the example mm. yeah. Of, yeah. Of, of, a, of a let's say a church tradition right what were you saying I want to say interpretation but he used a different word yeah so he's talking about truth, truth can be found in outside sources yeah. so long as those sources uh, use the Bible as its source and are faithful to it right yeah, so yeah, exactly. um, and that would include certain confessions and creeds if, if they're good ones obviously and theology, uh, theological works as well. All right, but what's uh, what's the relationship between Scripture and tradition in the Catholic Church? <laughs> yeah, so they they uh, they hold that Scripture and tradition have equal footing. So uh, so you can find truth of God and, and traditions of the church that you will not find in scripture um, and Protestant view is that is simply not the case so any any truth they espouse that comes from their church tradition solely and not from scripture itself we would deny which has a lot to do with the Reformation right what sources or institutions vie for authority that belongs to scripture alone already talked about Roman Catholic Church, but I was going to say there's a ton of them out there, right? Yeah, what other what other examples are there? <laughs> yeah, so Book of Mormon. I would argue any church that believes Revelation is not closed that they are lying for authority with Scripture because they're claiming to have new revelation from God, right? Which would carry equal footing, equal authoritative weight as Scripture itself. So that uh, that would include any you know any. So-called modern-day, you know, uh, apostle or prophet that thinks yeah. they hear the voice of God. All the false prophets, yeah, the like false prophets, yeah. Smith and everyone else, right? Say, hey, I'm <laughs> coming with another revelation and some right addendums and everything else. And many of the churches and movements, as well as children now and later, that believes that um, God is going to reveal something. It's revealing something we already did. So, but mm. Yeah, I would say even even when churches kind of, I guess, abuse their authority, overstep their authority. Like um, you've heard David speak about churches, you know, maybe um, 
binding the consciences of, of the members beyond what Scripture teaches. Um, like they should or shouldn't be doing something where there's no scriptural reference for that. Um, or eliminating reference to scripture, even, right? Right. Yeah. We're, we're not to add or take away from the Word of God. So either either direction. So. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, any other comments or thoughts on um, the authority of Scripture? Was it a helpful oh, session? <laughs> I did love that study. It was very, very nice, very clear. Okay. Scroll talking about that, you know, the difference. And mm-hmm. Do you remember the title you? of the book where he was talking for interpretation? It was, um, uh, the overview of scripture was dust to glory, but the I think it was no, knowing was it knowing God? Dust to glory, we have we have a we've been watching that one. Yeah, so he, he was referring. But to he said it's a how he interpreted. Yeah. yeah. How he interpreted the Bible. It may have been knowing God. I'm the not sure. Basic content. Yeah. Something. Yeah. The very very end. For the yeah fundamentals of interpreting yeah, scripture, yeah. Okay, well, as he said, this is wrapping up our, our sessions on looking at specifically looking at scripture, and next session we will start looking at uh, character of God, and I think specifically, let's see, we will be looking at knowledge of God. So. Um, September 19th, yes. All right. Good well. stuff is coming. Yeah, <laughs> good stuff is good coming. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. I saw, I saw some of them. <laughs> yeah, first time, yeah. Are you scanning through? Like, yeah, I don't need to worry about that one. <laughs> no, I'm just... I don't think you saw this. I did. I did. I did all the YouTube. Yeah. The legal ministries. Some of them. Some videos. Just I saw before, but. Yeah. All right. Well, Arthur, close us in prayer. Sure. Absolutely. Father God, we thank you so much that we can um, uh, sit here and and remember clearly and review that, that your word is infallible, completely accurate, and a, and a gift to us, Lord, that we have the scriptures to go to. Um, as he said, uh, as our marching orders, Lord, the way to live, the warnings and examples that you have given to us, Lord, we thank you so much for that. Words can't even express, uh, Lord, how grateful we are that you opened our eyes and set us on the, the right path to uh, knowledge of you and your love and everything that you've done for us. Uh, thank you so much for... Um, uh, Brother Kyle and Sister Laurel to um, have this study going on and, and helping us to get closer to you. Lord, look over us all as we travel home and we go about our life during the week. Always that we can live for your glory, Lord, and keep, um, keep you foremost in our minds. Keep us on the right track, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.